Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Fly wires on the team. Connect. Get respect for their realness. I know you feel this. All right. Well, I know we've spent the majority of our show today talking and looking back at the the Green Bay game, but it is Thursday and Carolina is getting ready for Jacksonville, their final road game of the year this upcoming Sunday. And you would think at two and 13, our radio host would be depressed. And I think at different times of the sports season, we have been because the football has been that bad. The same can be said for Dan Hickens from 1010 in Jacksonville, who had this take about the Jaguars on Christmas. Playing for the number one seed in the AFC. Now they're eight and seven with absolutely no answers. And it stinks from the top all the way to the bottom. It stinks from the owner, the general manager, the head coach, the offense coordinator, the defense coordinator, the quarterback, the entire offense, the entire defense, the special teams, and anybody who is associated. If you're employed with the Jaguars, you stink. You're not doing your job. This is an absolute free fall by this football team, and it shouldn't be that way. Hi, everybody. Dan Hicken here. Merry Christmas. Um, I, oh, I love that at the end. Merry Christmas. After all of that, Merry Christmas. That's a great intro. I want to I want to clarify. That's Jacksonville, not not Philadelphia, not New York, not Boston. Jacksonville people at eight and seven losing their absolute minds. But Walker, you know, going back in the preseason, a lot of people were high on Jacksonville. Yeah. Peter King, Sal Palantonio had to be the number one seed in the AFC. I might have bought into that a little bit as well when I did, I did my preseason predictions for the upcoming season. Do you feel like this game is gettable for Carolina given the current state of the Jags on the road? Yes, absolutely. I think this game is gettable. I don't know if I would bet money on Carolina winning because it's still not good practice to do that. Yeah, not, not good practice to do that. But the Jags have been downright awful for a month's worth of time now. Think about when this losing streak started for them. So this is Jake, this is Jake Browning's best game to start, right? So Jake Browning has to fill in for Joe Burrow. Not been good. But the offense doesn't look like it's clicking, which makes a lot of sense. You're trying to get over Joe Burrow's absence. It's it's going to be a tough assignment. They put up 34 points on that Jags defense that actually had been playing pretty well the first half. I think Josh Allen had been a pretty good pass rusher, like Pro Bowl worthy, at least getting that consideration. But Jake Browning and company put up 34 points. All right, now you have to hit the road, take on Cleveland, and they allow 31 points to Joe Flacco still, who's been playing well, but he's turning the ball over a lot, and yet they still allow 31 points. You get beat down by Baltimore. Understandable, they're a really good team. And then you get beat down by Tampa. Uh, that team looks lifeless. Trevor Lawrence is just turning over the football without pressure. Like they're just inexplicable fumbles when he's not even been getting hit that hard. There's times where he's throwing interceptions that he shouldn't be throwing. The run game has not gotten going at an efficient rate at all. Like I think ETN is awesome, but that offensive line has been really bad. And now you even have Trevor Lawrence saying, we don't even look like we practice. What do you think that does for the coaches? It's, it's really turning South. It reminds me a little bit, maybe not as much of the dis- the dysfunction, excuse me, I can talk. But like when you go back to that last year with Ron Rivera 
where they go or not last year, but when they go six and two and then they finish with only one more win the second half, they started out six and two this year and they have two more games. And I don't even know how much you can feel good about them making the playoffs. Yeah, this is absolutely gettable for Carolina. Yeah, I would say so as well. When you talk about a middle-of-the-pack offense, 13th and 12th in the NFL in points and yards, respectively. Uh, they haven't had a rusher go for more than 79 yards since week eight. They've had 10 turnovers the past four games. And, I mean, this defense, yeah, they're 11th in rushing yards. And I always hate to break both uh, down between rushing and passing uh, defense, but they're 29th in opponent pass yards per game, and they don't get to the quarterback 27th in sacks per game. So, yeah, this is a Jacksonville team that's reeling, looking for answers. And Carolina, even though they lost by three to Green Bay, I think it's going to come in a confident bunch with what they saw from Bryce Young and the crew. So, uh, we know that confidence and, and how your mentality is coming into matchups is very vital, and I think this Two teams, even though Carolina's record is what it is, I think this is going to be the more confident bunch coming into Sunday's game. Well, and think about as I go over the last month of football for that Jacksonville defense, every quarterback is going off on them. Yeah. Every single one. Jake Browning, we can respect what he's doing in relief of Joe Burrow and also think Jacksonville should have played better defense against that guy. So you and also the defensive game plan. It's not just on the players. The defensive game plan has been terrible. So Jake Browning goes off. Joe Flacco goes off. Lamar Jackson helping his MVP case. Baker Mayfield was great in this game against Jacksonville. Every QB like going crazy. Not oh solid game. Now they're having great games against him. Maybe Bryce can be that next QB. All right, Walker, where the Charlotte Hornets are back in action tonight at the Lakers, but this piece of audio doesn't revolve around the game. It revolves around the Detroit Pistons, who have set the NBA record for most losses, consecutive losses at 27. Um, I'm pretty sure they'll pick up number 28 the next time they're on the basketball court. The schedule court. is really hard for them even still. And yesterday on FanDuel TV, uh, Sham Sharania said that they could be interested in a specific Charlotte Hornet. The, the Pistons do want a four-man in free agency. They're going to be active. They have 50 to 60 million in cap space next summer. I'm told some names to keep an eye on. Pascal Siakam, Ojan Anubi, Tobias Harris, as well as Miles Bridges. And so this is 27 games and counting. They can try to go make a trade right now, but at this point, nothing is, is changing their season in Correct me if I'm wrong, Walker, but because Miles signed the qualifying offer, he basically has a de facto no-trade clause in this contract. Right to first refusal. All yeah. Right. So with this report, could you see Detroit and Charlotte becoming trade partners, whether it's now at the deadline or maybe in the offseason to, 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 to get Miles Bridges out of here and maybe get something in return for him? It's going to be really hard. It would be hard to sell Detroit as the team for Miles Bridges to waive his no trade clause for because this is a team that is losing at historic pace. It is home. It is home. You're exactly right. So that would be one of the reasons as to why maybe he would do that. Maybe he would just want to finish out his season with a different team if he doesn't think he's going to be back with Charlotte, but you're not going to a better situation. It would really have to be, hey, I want to go home badly and I can just go ahead and get that done sooner rather than later. I think it's going to be really hard. Maybe he just decides to go there after this season is up when he has unrestricted free agency. He can just sign there. Maybe that happens. But it would make some sense in some ways because we've seen this reported, too, before. Uh, we've always seen some reports about how Detroit was interested. The first free agent negotiations that we assumed were coming up until he was arrested for a felony domestic violence charge. 
until that happened, Detroit was in the rumor mill about him possibly landing there. Yeah, my only qualms with the trade with Detroit is they have a lot of young assets to offer, and I think at this point uh, with the Hornets, I think they got enough young guys in the locker room because if I look at it and say, well, what would I want in return? Maybe a Jalen Durham, Jay Nivey, somebody like that. Kate Cunningham, who says no? Yeah, but he's a starting point guard, and I don't <laughs> think you bring that into class with Melo, but <laughs> Uh, I just don't want any more young players. The, the Hornets need some vets, that some some two-way guys and, and veteran presence in there to change the coach. I think, like I said, this team needs a culture change more than anything, and I don't think Detroit has the assets to be able to give them uh, things in that aspect. Have y'all seen the uh, Jair Alexander coin flip? Debacle for sure. We it was it's have. fantastic. All right, so we we know by now that uh you know he also answered the question wrong. To, should have given Carolina the ball <laughs> to start the first and the third quarters. Well, now he's been suspended, and yesterday he addressed why he was out there for the coin toss. So were you supposed to be a captain? Because the team announces the three game captains, and you were the fourth, and you called the toss. What happened there? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know. It's only suiting, you know. I don't think Coach knew I was from Charlotte, you know. So, so you just did that on your own? I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, it was like a, you know, the guys backed me up, you know. So they, they knew I was from here. Did you realize you almost made a big mistake on the call, though? What I do? Well, you said we want to go on defense. Yeah. Which, in theory, could they could have said, then you're electing to kick to to uh, kick off what you had lost the opportunity then yeah. to receive in the second half? Yeah, no, I told them that, uh, I said, uh, I want I want our defense to be out there. And they all looked at me like I was crazy. I'm like, I mean, it's pretty simple what I said. Like, I want the defense to be out there. they like, you mean defer? I'm like, yeah, I guess. Did he, did he say that to you? Yeah, he said the mic, the mic was on. Oh, it was? Yeah, he heard you. Oh, really? No, he was just like, defer? I was like, yeah. Everybody was like, yeah. Everybody was laughing. I'm like, what are y'all laughing at? pretty obvious what I'm asking for. So did anyone say anything to you when you got back to the no. sideline? <laughs> <laughs> Wes, you played football at a you know high level of high school, high level at the college level, and if Jerry Jones would have been smart, you, you would have been an all-pro left tackle in the NFL. <laughs> have you ever seen, were you ever part of such a debacle at the coin toss? And if you were one of his teammates... What would you have done to poor Jair Alexander? Um, you know, I just would have been like, hey, man, you know, what do you think? And that, that wasn't a smart move, you know, for the pride of Rocky River High School. And so, uh, but Jair, I'm not surprised that he would do something like this. And how would the coach who drafted you not know that you're from Charlotte? Like, they know every little thing about you and your background. So I think they, Coach LaFleur knew that. But I was just appalled at his lack of pretty common football knowledge when he got up there and said what he said. It's one thing if you're going to crash the party, but at least know the terminology and what the hell you're talking about. No, this is hilarious, guys. Like Jair <laughs> Alexander going and crashing the party on the coin toss, and he was acting, well, I'm from Charlotte, so I deserve to be out here. I... It's like, <laughs> is this what other coaches should be doing? Well, this guy is from the city. He can call whether it's heads or tails yeah. because that's this big homecoming event. What is Jair going to say? Heads or tails? <laughs> and Jair, well, the coach didn't know it. So it's what, what's great is that Jair flipped the narrative almost and saying, well, it's okay. Like, coach didn't know. Like, he's the one at fault, and I forgive him. I mean, that is an excellent command of the narrative at who's in the wrong here. And with the sunglasses, 
being so nonchalant in the locker room, I love everything about it. What I also love is Mina Kimes show featuring Lenny. I was listening to Mina talk about this, and I forget who she had on. I need to look at the guest. But Matt LaFleur apparently goes to the officials before every coin toss, whether it be overtime, whether it be at the beginning of the game, and tells the officials what he wants before the players say it. Because apparently there have been problems understanding the language like deferring and things of that nature when you are trying to figure out whether you want to receive or kick off to get the ball at the second half. And so Matt LaFleur, great coaching moment for him, to be honest with you, because the officials are like, wait, no, that's not what's happening. The coach told me one thing. It's actually going to go with you guys. And so LaFleur, the fact that he was prepared for it is hilarious. And the fact that it came in handy is hilarious. All of it's funny. And Jair Alexander being suspended for a game, it's one of the better moments that we've seen in a comedic sort of category. Also, look at the stones that Matt LaFleur has to suspend him going into a must-win game on Sunday night against Minnesota, who has maybe the best wide receiver in football. Who locked him up last year. This isn't one of those, oh, we need our best cornerback for the best wide receiver. We can go back to last year when Jair Alexander put the clamps on him in a way that we have not seen any other cornerback do so up to that point. And this is a Jefferson that might not be 100% healthy because he's dealt with injuries all season long and you're still sitting him. He played the best any cornerback did against Justin Jefferson. And LaFleur's like, nah, I'm sitting him. And it's been a little bit of a down year. And Wes, I know you talked about him being hurt, but it's a good point you bring up because we have evidence. Alexander was great against him last season and now he's not going to suit up this year. I would love for this to happen in college and see how a Saban, a Kirby Smart. Oh my God, you'd be done. Because like LaFleur, you know, suspended him, but like Notch, you know, just well, try. It's a big deal. Yeah, right. But yeah. like you, one of those maniacs? Mm-hmm. He's that from you, Charlotte. That you'd be in the portal. Guys, he's from Charlotte. He, he deserved to be out there crashing the party. Calling what it should be, heads or tails. That'll do it for the live wire featuring Josh Fitty Marlowe.